Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good evening. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight. Today, I would like to speak from my experience as a person who lives in a war zone context. And I would like to give you some background about who I am in order to understand the nature of my work. Important background. As someone who comes from the Middle East, I embody the different stereotyping to which my people has been subjected. Every time I introduce myself, many contradictory images surface in the mind of the people because each label of my identity can be charged with a myth. And stereotyping could be a consequence of ignorance, wrong impression, propaganda. Let me elaborate more. First of all, I am Christian. And usually two questions have been asked. Are there Christian in the Middle East? Did you convert? We need to remember that Christianity was born in the Middle East. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, He has been raised up in Nazareth, the city of the gospel where I come from. And he had died, crucified, and resurrected in Jerusalem. Christianity was born there. Although the Christians are minority and face many persecution and challenges, but they kept faithful through the centuries uh, to their God and Savior. We in the land have four family churches. We are, as Fahed said, less than 2% of the whole population. And the majority are Catholic, Orthodox, Oriental Orthodox churches, Anglican, Evangelical, and we serve these communities. The second label of my identity, and I am a Palestinian, and people get confused again. How come you could be a Christian and a Palestinian at the same time? Are not Palestinian, all Palestinian Muslims? Are not all Palestinian group of terrorists? Again, I can assure you, I am not a terrorist. <laughs> I have a heart to love God and would like to serve him. To be a Palestinian is not sin, it's my culture. It's the way we cook our food. For example, we eat hummus, falafel, I'm sure you're familiar with that. And the way I celebrate my wedding, I don't celebrate in a synagogue. I celebrate in a church, for example. So it's my culture. The second label of my identity, I am an Arab. And in the mind of many Western, to be an Arab is equal of being Muslim. This is a myth. Not all Arabs are Muslims. Arab predate Islam. Some theologians believe that Job was an Arab. Proverb 31st was written by an Arab woman. If you read Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came down, one of the spoken language was Arabic. And even John the Baptist, a Jewish prophet, he was beheaded because of defending the wife of Herodotus Antipas, and she was an Arab. So Arab predated Islam. The fourth label of my identity, I am an Israeli. And this is a term that given to the Arab Israeli who remain in the land when Israel came to the land in 48. They were under military law because loss of lands, like my dad, become a refugee. 
but they later on were granted in the 60s a citizenship and they become Arab Israeli. As a result, we have 20% of the population of Israel are Arab citizens. And add to, to this complexity, I am a woman serving in a patriarchal society. And believe me, women are the most disadvantaged sector of the community because they are not only part of an ethno-political minority, but they are living in a patriarchal society. They face many challenges. Part of their challenges, domestic abuse, honor killing, if you have heard about this term, uh, polygamy at the Bedouin's households, and what is make it worse? They don't have access to decision-making and, and position of power, and as a result, their needs are not met properly. So, that's my identity. I am all of that. But let me give you six commandments to remember well. And I am confused as you are, believe me. That's why we have crisis as an Arab-Israeli citizen. Not all Arabs are Muslim. There are Christians. Not all Muslims are Arabs or Indonesian, and you know that. Not all Arabs are Palestinian. There are Jordanians and Iraqis. Not all Palestinians are Arabs. There are Armenian, like my mother-in-law. She's Armenian. Not all Israelis are Jews. There are Arab Jews like us, Fahed and I. And not all Jews are Israelis. There are American Jews. I hope you are okay with that. Now, <laughs> each label in my identity suffer when there is tension in the land. Many Palestinians want an Islamic state. Many Jews want a Jewish state. Their dreams is a nightmare for me. Every time there is tension in the, among Christians and Muslims, for example, in Nazareth, my Christian identity suffer. Every time there is tension between Arabs and Jews, my Arab identity suffer. Every time, even when I go outside to meet my colleague from the Middle East in the Bible Society, and they are Arab, my Israeli identity suffer. It feels like you are not able to belong. However, the only label that I feel I truly can belong is to be a peacemaker. This is the way that can, I feel that I don't have pressure in my identity. As an Arab Israeli, I believe we have a great opportunity to be a peacemaker. Do you know why? Because we speak Hebrew fluently and Arabic. English is my third language. And we, we live in two cultures, the Jewish culture and the Arab culture. And we can be a bridge of peace and bring the word of God to them and interact with those cultures. So what would we do with all these challenges? The, the Bible society vision is to bring the word of God to people, especially the Arab citizen inside Israel. My strategy is family-oriented ministry. I cannot group for all the projects that I'm doing, else I will not have time. But uh, we are involved pretty much to provide scripture. We don't only publish scripture and translate it, but we make sure it's engaged in people's lives. And we advocate it. We make sure. So we do a lot of activity. I'm only going to share two stories about Bible engagement and tell you more about how we do peace in this situation, in this context. We are involved in Bible quiz 
We are involved in Bible summer camps, more than 11 summer camps last uh, this year. And we reached thousands of people with the gospel. We do workshops for families and conferences to reach the word of God to them. And many, many publications as well. But I will tell you a story about woman who was healed in our event during Christmas time. And we had event during Christmas where about 2,000 people are coming. Through this event, during prayer time, she wore a veil. She didn't come in the front because of her look. She come from a Muslim background. She told us that in the event, she saw a man in white coming to her and rub her shoulder and told her that she was healed. The next day, she went to the doctor with her husband, and he told her that she was free of cancer. God is alive, and he's still doing miracle. Amen? This, the, the second story that I want to tell you to encourage your hearts, this woman that we try to empower her by writing magazines, in the magazine, our magazine, that we do every year, twice a year. The story of Majida. Majida, as you can see, she is physically challenged, but she's healthy mentally. She stayed all the time at home because she is situation is hard. She feels that she's rejected from the community, unwanted, unloved. But after she has received Christ as her savior, she said that he gave her a meaning to her life. And she has realized that she wants to use her, what God has given her to his glory. And indeed, after a few years, she has opened an institution for people like her who are challenged physically. And she is serving them. God gives meaning to people's life and purpose. And after that, I wanted to empower her to write because we want to empower local women. So she said, no. I said, you can do it. You have something to give. And God will use your gifts. After a little bit of chess, she agreed. And she has written a wonderful article in our magazine that we distribute for the community. And this is what she told me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to give what has Christ given me to bless others. God is good, empowering and reaching marginalized people. Now, how we respond to peace in our context that is full of war. We have done so many projects about peace. I'm not going to go through them. It's too much for you, but I will focus on one Bible that we have done for children called Peace, King, peace Bible, King of Peace and His Young Followers. The idea was created during war in Gaza. We want to create a generation that are peacemakers we have realized that we need to invest in the little mind. So the idea was to create this generation that are peaceful, that will carry up, carry on uh, the process of peace. The book that we have written highlights three concepts. First, the concept of, uh, of scripture in pursuing peace. The stories that are used from Old Testament, New Testament, and it plays roles in shaping our worldview, character, action, and provide linguistic tools to describe conflict and solution. 
the second concept of God that the book highlights, it shows that God hears prayers. After each chapter, there's a prayer discussed peace in relationship with God. It shows that peacemaking is not mere action that we make, but it is an outcome of transformed identity. Such transformation is possible when we know Christ. When we adopt God's perception, then we are able to see our fellow human as a divine gift rather than threat. Do you know, my friends, the only threat is sin. It's not human being. The concept of peace. The book seeks to present holistic peace in different circles of life, human being, action, internally, externally, with God, with people, social peace, the peace at home and church, gladly. This book has been used and downloaded and is available now on app. You can download it free for others who speak Arabic language. We want to reach the Middle East with it. We have more hundreds of downloads from the Middle East because we want to encourage peacemaking, and this region needs peace in their context. And it is also used in several schools and curriculums and used in Sunday school as well in churches. The impact is big. And it, it encouraged me when I know that this book has tran transformed the life of children, especially the life of a little child called Hind. Hind, she was, according to her mom, mean to her sibling. She wasn't behaving well. But her mom decided to read the stories of the Peace Bible to her every day. She had noticed that Tent is starting to change her behavior. And slowly, slowly, she refused to sleep unless her mom read the book to her, the stories of the book. And she started to become nicer and nicer to her brothers and sisters. God worked even in the little hearts of people. And he changed them. Do you know why? Because the, 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 the word of God is powerful enough to change people's lives. That's the app. We do more projects. Peace. This is a devotion book that we do uh, also for about peace. My brother Keeper, during art too. I'm not going through it. If you have questions, we can talk later. I'm involved also with women in his image, Jewish women, ladies with Palestinian ladies joined together. We publish, public, uh, public, publish uh, documents talking about unity and against violence. But how we, do we respond to radicalism in, in our area in the context of war zone? In our land, there is no comfort, no hope, and no love. And our ministry tried to bring hope in the midst of tears. In the Middle East, we ask difficult questions. How we respond when homes are destroyed and young children are brutally killed? What do we do when the teeth of evil like nails from hell penetrating our souls? Why is God absent when the moral infrastructure of our society collapses? Why does God forsake us when our holy places are defiled? Some people in my context choose to use revenge, but I believe this is not our path. 
I disagree with the popular statement that says, we shall not forget or forgive. This is dangerous and mistake statement, regardless to who say it. Here in the land, we have an impossible task as we seek to find political hope. The Bible tells us that hope does not depend on the circumstances, but on seeing the divine perspective. Our hope is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Good hope cannot exist without faith and love. A bad hope can lead us to suicide revenge, but good hope will remind us of God's mercy. Our hope is not a wishful thinking, and it's not found on the political atmosphere. It is founded in the nature of God who conquered death and established the, the church of martyrs and promised to be with us. Hope is a force of a change when it is accompanied by faith, love, and submission to the Holy Spirit. We as a Bible society can dream alone, but imagine if the global church dreamed together, how much change we can do. And I believe this is what God wants us to do, to spread his kingdom together. One asked me, what is the hope of the church in the Middle East? Perhaps there is a better question, I think. What is the hope of the Middle East without the church? Although the church seems small, but it doesn't mean it is insignificant. I believe we, the church in the Middle East, are soldiers for our God. Our weapons is needed. Do you know what is it? It is love. It is justice, mercy, peace, forgiveness, and hope. I believe that my God can and is able to change my reality that is so difficult. My question to you today, do you believe that your God can change your reality? Blessing doesn't always mean joy. It could also mean pain. The ultimate blessing that we have as Christian is the cross. Are you willing to, suffer, to love until it hurts? Are you willing to suffer for Jesus? Listen to me carefully. I would like to say a few sentences. To hate those who loves you, that is evil. To love those who loves you, that is human. But to love your enemies, that is divine. To love your enemies, that is divine. It is, nice to hear, it is very nice to hear testimonies today and be encouraged. But you have to remember that each one of us has a responsibility to do as well. I challenge you to be a peacemaker and to love God and to love even if it hurts. You know why? Because this is the way of the cross and this is the way of Jesus. Today, I came from the Holy Land to tell you and to encourage you to love God from all your heart, from all your mind, and from your, all your strength, and to follow him faithfully. I would like to finish in a 
prayer that I'm going to read. I have a dream. I dream of a Middle East in which I have my breakfast in Jerusalem, my lunch in Beirut, and my dinner in Syria. I ride my car and drive to Iraq, to the Gulf. And I enter into Africa in the same car. I dream of a Middle East in which people chooses their own religion without fear. I dream of a Middle East in which there is no bigotry, radicalism, and hatred. I dream of a Middle East in which all human beings are equal. The ones who wear hijab and the one who put kufiyya are equal. I dream of a Middle East in which Jews love Arabs and seek to uphold their rights. A Middle East in which Arabs love Jews. I dream of a Middle East without poverty, hatred, war, and massacring human beings. I dream of peace. Peace with God and with all our neighbors. Peace with self and the angels. I dream of a Middle East without weapons, without traffic jams, without pollution, without discrimination because of gender, religion, age, or weight. My dream is not an illusion, but a step forward as I follow the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. My dream is not something that can be fulfilled in a moment, but it is a, a celestial kingdom that comes through many generations and many sacrifices, prayers, and tears. Before the dawn, there is darkness. Before joy, there is the victory of sadness. Before laughing, weeping dominates. Before the dominance of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the devil dominates. O oh Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come through my words, my thoughts, decision, and relationships. Turn me into a peacemaker. Amen. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.